Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the best of two pros and a cup of joe with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio. This is uh, an interesting time in football because we continue to have the conversations about running backs. And the latest conversation is Josh Jacob. Latest is running, uh, well, threatening to um, not be running. He's actually, there's there's actually reports that he may hold out into training camp. We've had this conversation as it applies to Saquon Barkley, uh this seems to be where things are heading to, which is a holdout situation. Um, I, I Listen, I don't know why anyone would get up in arms about a holdout situation. Holdouts happen all the time. They, they are age-old tactics yeah. in negotiating. These are negotiations. I, I just I would ask you this: Should should this be cautious uh, approaching holding out for the running backs because it just does not seem as though that that these scenarios such like I guess what what Ezekiel Elliott did when when he was not in camp and ended up getting his deal. Do you see it playing out? The, the way it did for, for Ezekiel Elliott, or is this like kind of more of a volatile situation for uh, Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley? Well, it's interesting. Um, you know, Jacobs is almost more of um, kind of part of the Raiders' offense than Saquon is for the Giants, I think, uh, just because of really the quarterback situation and the offensive scheme. In in, uh, in Vegas right now, um, so it's kind of fascinating to see what the Raiders would do without him. Uh, you know, a lot of their big plays last year were Josh Jacobs runs, right? Um, that's kind of what 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 it was. So um, it's kind of curious to to see what they would do if he held out. But the tough part about it is that um, the Raiders aren't going to be very good, and if you're them, I understand not wanting to give Jacobs a lot of money because if you tie up money in, in a running back like that and, and the rest of your roster isn't very good, you could use that money elsewhere to make your roster better, right, LeVar? So yeah. I understand um, 
that there is a uh, a little bit of trepidation in saying, hey, we're going to pay this guy a lot of money because we need to spend the money elsewhere, honestly, right? We got to spend the money somewhere else because we just, we, we, we don't have the roster to afford paying paying a running back that much money. Wow. Right? If, I mean, he's... Uh, <laughs> He, outside of Max Crosby, he's their best player. Well, Devontae uh, Adams. Devon, they got Devontae. They got Devontae Adams. I digress. They got Devontae Adams. Um, outside of those two, he's their best player. <laughs> Is there anybody yeah. else? Have I missed anybody? Um, I, I think it's imperative. And, and, and listen, if you look at, again, if you look at the correlations of, of their production – and when I say there, I'm, I'm talking, I, like I said, I continue to kind of put Saquon into to the conversation. I would I would argue that that they're equally important to to their teams. I would I would argue that if you look at the win percentages of the New York Giants, when Saquon is playing and when Saquon is productive versus when he's not, it's a it's a tremendous difference and i think there's a tremendous difference when when jacobs is not at the top of his game for the raiders so to me if i'm the team and i'm looking at and and that has to be the reason why they're so steadfast on wanting to get paid is because you have to do the homework and know that the winning percentages are in favor of your team when this particular player is on the field and is being productive, I just don't understand thinking that you could just use somebody else to get through and and be okay. Or you're basically saying it costs too much for us to want to win at that number. I mean, is that safe to say? It basically, we're not willing, we're uncomfortable paying this player, this position, that much money, and we're okay with our team actually possibly losing because we don't have this guy's services. I mean, it's got to be one of the two. Yeah. Um, I think for the Raiders, they look at this and say, hey, man, like we just we, – we, 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 if we're trying to build our roster up and we have a lot of holes on our roster, is spending all that money on a running back going to help us be that much better, right? We saw last year – how good they were. They won six games with, with Josh Jacobs, right? The, the the Giants made the playoffs so far. Like you can make the argument that Saquon was more important to them because of that factor. So if you're the Raiders, are you saying, hey, we're going to pay a guy uh, at this position, a running back, um, all that money to then win six games? I think mm-hmm. they're looking at that and saying, hey, we, we just, nah, we're not doing that. I think that's where the Raiders might be thinking. Well. Nothing's uh, right or wrong, but it does feel like that's sort of their line of thinking. Like, you know, like we, it, we, it didn't really work for us last year. So why are we doing it again? Well, my whole thing is he did his job. <laughs> like, you, right, the reason that, that, why you're paying him is because he was productive for you as, as a player is what I would say. I, I mean – I, I I always felt as though when you when you look at when you look at things at its barest minimum, if a guy comes out and he does his job, he does his job, then all of the the you know all the things that we use as evidence or information, it's like oh, but did he do it the year before? 
<laughs> oh, well, did he stay healthy the year before, the year before that? And it's like for me, when when you really think about doing your job, your base, your 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 production and your success level in the in the like now in the now is what's most important. Right. I mean, it just really is because I start to think like in in pro sports and in football when we start to talk about should you play, pay a player. It's like immediately the conversation goes down a road where you're trying to look at the total body of work, which you should look at a total body of work. But if a person comes into a season and they play, like they say, okay, this is a prove-it year on their contract. You see it happen in basketball. You see it happen in baseball. If it's a prove-it year and and you have a ton of home runs or you pitch really well – you know, or you're playing shortstop really well, whatever it may be, you get compensated with a very, very large contract when they do that. Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley were improving years, and they played well. They performed well. It's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league. If they get these contracts, you know what they're going to do? People are going to look at them and be like, you should be playing better because you got that contract. They're not talking about, well, you played well enough to get it or you didn't, or you played well enough but you didn't get it. They're going to be looking at it and they're going to say, what are you doing right now? What are you doing this Sunday? And I feel like if you're judging – paying these guys off of what they have done for you now, like what has happened now, both of them have been wildly, you know, productive during the course of last season. Yeah. So I don't understand what the problem is. I, okay, can you get to 15? Saquon's asking for 16. I don't know what Josh Jacobs is asking for, but if 16 is the number because of McCaffrey, you can't find your way to somewhere around 15 or so so to, to keep these guys happy. I just I, – I, your team stinks. They do. The, the Raiders stink. And we don't know what the Giants will be this year. Don't know. But to say, well, we're not going to pay you because we stink is to say, well, one of our more productive guys on the team – uh, won the, I think he won the Pepsi Ground Award that he did so well as a running back last year, this past season. But why are you not going to reward your players? So now you're sending a message through your locker room to the rest of the players that as it applies to market value at my position, if I, if I have the best of years, it doesn't matter. It's just going to be dictated off of if, if the organization feels like they want to pay me or not. Like, is that the message you want to send to the rest of your, your organization? Like, if they could do it to Josh Jacobs, they definitely damn sure could do it to me. You know what well, I mean? I, think, I just I think, think that's, I think, a bad, I, that's a bad message. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a bad message um, that, that that's the way you might operate as a, as a franchise. Um, but sometimes – Looking from the, the franchise perspective, that's just the way business has to get done, right? We, sure. we can't we can't overinvest in a, in a player because other players might think like we don't, you know, we don't, we, we might not pay them, right? Um, they paid Max Crosby, right? Now, not this. I don't think this front office did, but you know, they have paid players, um, but maybe they don't feel like Josh Jacobs is worth all that money. I, again, I go back to the example: like, who is a quarter? Who's a, a running back on a second contract? Where you're like, you know what, that paid off with wins and losses for my team. Like I got more wins because 
that guy is, is it was paid a lot of money, and our team is now you know much better for the future. We're set up well for the future because that running back got paid so much money. Hard to find many examples in the NFL for that. I think teams look at that and say, hey, that's going to be our blueprint. We're not going to do that to get caught in a situation where we pay someone too much money then have to release them, and it has not worked out. So we should have spent money elsewhere. See, I feel like you could say that about every position outside a quarterback. You know what I mean? Like It's almost like you could – in theory, you could say that about every other position. Like you could find somebody to say that about in at at the receiver's position. You could find somebody for damn sure yeah, on on line line. Most of the time, the difference I think is that Lavar is a lot of times those players sign with their own team versus like a, as a free agent. And I think that like it's hard to differentiate sometimes some of those big contracts because I mean. You can make an argument that you know a couple years ago, you know Mike Evans was an important re-sign for the Bucks, right? And and uh, you know is someone who helped Tom Brady out, right? As a wide receiver, like there's there's examples of that. The, the Chiefs just kind of blew that out of the water last year because they used a bunch of yeah. bunch of you know without uh, Tariq Hill. But you know, they let go of him. But they, you know, they signed Juju. That was a small contract, obviously. I mean, yeah, it is. But I think offensive defensive line had proven that if you pay those guys, that you have success. I just I just think that it's I'm not going to say it's dangerous because it is it is business and this has always happened that they'll get I believe they'll get deals done to be honest like it, if if trends um serve correctly they'll get a deal done like it, we've only seen it happen pretty much with with uh Le'Veon Bell in Pittsburgh they yeah, just was, they don't pay they just yeah. don't pay in Pittsburgh um that if, was, if that, that was Bell. I mean, he he missed out on fifteen million dollars. Man, that's nuts. That is nuts. I I think um I think in the end you're right. The deals will get done because if you look at at the running back position, you look at Saquon who's been injured throughout his career. I, I can look up Josh Jacobs. I don't think he's been as as hurt. Let's say that you can play one year under this franchise tag of ten million, or kind of get a two year deal worth you know. 30 you know to 26 million right so that's the 13 million dollars a year i would take that deal right the two-year deal like that's a great deal for a running back because you're getting you're getting 26 million dollars over two years it'd be, it'd be longer it'd be a four-year deal but you know they give them you know 26 over two um it's a lot of money and it's better than a franchise tag right and it's better than getting hurt um yeah. during your on your franchise tag year you know quarterbacks are the only ones that really um can you can sort of play that franchise, you know, year out, um, and not really worry about yeah, so in- injuries. Um, yeah, it's hard other positions. That's why a lot of guys end up signing because playing that that tag out in other positions, the, the injury risk is really difficult. It worked out. You know, it worked for Orlando Brown. He played last year under tag and got a big deal in the Bengals. But yeah. a lot of times, it's hard for, for players to take that risk of playing that one year um, on the tag. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Can the 49ers be the best roster ever to win a Super Bowl without an elite quarterback? Um, I find it to be pretty, pretty interesting um, just based upon the thought process. Two, Two teams come to mind very very quickly but there there are three obviously that that you could throw out there um the first one that comes to mind is the what is the 85 bears yeah with that one and and while i think mcmahon was was a pretty cool personality i think we would all agree that it was the defense that was oh yeah the the catalyst of that team and you had some pretty pretty impressive players on that offense as well but then the next one the sec well the second one that comes to mind is obviously the 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 2000 the Ravens that that Ravens team was yep um uh, I mean that's as phenomenal it it's hard to say it's the most phenomenal defense, but it just kind of seems like it's possibly the most phenomenal defense ever. 
in the history of the game? I don't know. Some would debate it. And then there's the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, of course, yeah. and that mm-hmm. was 2000, what, two thousand what three two okay three two thousand three yeah and and that was so Brad Johnson was the quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but he was a really really fine quarterback right. at the pro level, and then you had Trent Dilfer and Baltimore as the quarterback that year. And I don't think anyone would make the mistake of thinking that Trent Dilfer was a a franchise quarterback in this league. So now they're having the conversations about that possibly being the scenario for this upcoming year's uh, 49ers that they could actually win a Super Bowl. And and we don't even know who their quarterback is coming into the season. I, I find that difficult, yeah. but but go, what's well, your I, thoughts I, on it? I think I think the 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 question is more: Are the Niners the best roster to ever win a Super Bowl? Like not even that, like the best roster with the worst quarterback situation ever. Think about this: They have okay, they have the best left tackle in football. Okay, mm-hmm. yes, they the do. best pass rusher in football, right? Yeah, the best linebacker in football. Yep, possibly the best running back in football. Yep. The best slash guy, kind of like a Debo Samuel, right? Kind of a combination running back-ish wide receiver, right? Best slash, okay. They have one of the better safeties in football in Hafunga. Very young safety, but very good, right? He's going to be yep. like, he's a possible all-pro this year. Think about that. They have the best player at multiple high-leverage high leverage positions, right? Off the tackle, pass rusher. And yet, it's like, well, yeah, they don't have a quarterback. I don't know if they can win a Super Bowl. Like, it's Nuts, right? I can't recall. Even the teams that you just mentioned didn't have the best player every position like like, like the Niners do. The Baltimore Ravens were close, right? Ogden, Ray Lewis, Ed Reed. Like, you know, they, they were closer than. But they didn't really have it on offense, right? I right. mean, they had Shannon Sharp at tight end. He's yeah. older. You know, they had what what was it would have been Travis Taylor and uh, – who would have been the receivers on that that team? Jermaine Lewis was was like the punt returner, um, but they didn't have. Jamal Lewis at, was pretty good though. At the receivers' position, yeah. they didn't have. I think was Derek Mason on that team. I don't know that he was. They on didn't that have one. a Debo, but they had they had Jamal Lewis in the backfield. I do yeah. know that, um, but Look, they you know. Yeah, they also, didn't have it was a, also a different era. It was also a different era. Like you, didn't, yeah. you just didn't have like you know it was a it was a run first era. Too, it was but, a run first era, but they but, were able to run first correct. through the AFC North. Yeah, and that um, that's that's difficult. And then a Hall of Fame left tackle, which obviously the 49ers will have as well. So you know it's sort sort of the same thing. It's close. It's close enough yeah. for the discussion. But nonetheless, um, it's pretty wild, right? Like the Niners have this whole offense and defense that's so elite, and yet. It's they they have either Brock Purdy off an injury, and I think Brock Purdy will not play as well as here. Guys, look, there's one Tom Brady. Okay, that's it. We need to stop comparing every late round draft pick who plays decently well with Tom Brady. All right, there's, he's not going to be Tom Brady. All right, there's one Tom Brady. Tom Brady is come and gone. He's retired now. Th- that's it. There's no there's no more Tom Brady's. Um, so I think it's it's unfair to Brock Purdy to compare him to Tom Brady. Um, then you have Trey Lance who. You know the potential's there, and we all agree, but we have not seen him play long enough to even determine if he if he can do it. Yeah. And then Sam Darnold, who I you know, I think anyone in this offense will will play well, as we see with with any quarterback who's had in this offense. But you know Darnold's obviously not the answer to a long term success. Um, you know 
you know, in the NFC conference. That's it. Like they don't have Trey Lance was supposed to be the guy, right? They spent a, a, a lot of draft capital on him, um, and unfortunately, he doesn't seem to appear to be that guy. And they they built a great roster. Like they have all the pieces in place to making this work, and they just don't. And it's wild because their roster gives them the best opportunity to win in the NFC conference. I mean, if you put Dak Prescott on that team, you put you put Jalen Hurts on that roster. I mean, you put you put I mean, even Kirk Cousins on that roster. Like you you have yourself a legit Super Bowl contender. And in my opinion, without that quarterback. You really don't. I, I don't buy Lavar. This Brock Purdy year two turns into like an All Pro type guy. It's it's just it's not what I believe. I don't. Maybe you do, and I'm wrong on this one, but I just don't see that happening. Uh, I'm curious. See, it's it's the it's the injury part that that threw it all off to me. If Brock Purdy doesn't have to deal with the whole elbow situation and seeing where he's at health wise, I gotta say. I honestly was very impressed with the way he played. And and if he were healthy throughout this offseason and coming into the season, I would say that he would have the opportunity to be on a higher trajectory than what I have him on now. But That's I think fair, the yeah. injury kind of maybe derailed my, you know, my belief in the fact that he can be that guy um, for them coming off of that type of you know time off but i i'm not a believer in in lance i'm not i'm not a believer that he's going to be the answer for this team but this is why you lace him up he is a, a top draft pick so he came out highly recommended highly sought after and he has an opportunity here if 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 purdy doesn't make it back in time which people are saying he might make it back in time but even if he does make it back in time, again, I'm not certain yeah. how he's going to play. So Trey Lance still might get an opportunity to play anyway, depending on how Brock Purdy comes yeah. back and plays. But I, I think when you're looking at it from, I guess, a more critical a critical eye in terms of what the roster and the personnel like shapes up to be, the reason why I find this to be so intriguing is those teams that we mentioned and that we named, all you have to do is, is – basically not mess it up yeah you know you're in a position where the defense in which i mean they they ended up losing to um kansas city anyway the year they made it to the super bowl but it was kind of the same thing i mean jimmy garoppolo to me is a good a fine football player i do not think he's the reason why they lost that game he's part of it yes he missed a big throw in the game but it was a two possession game and late in the game, and that defense, that daunting defense, gave up, you know, two two scores to to lose the game. I I think that the defense let them down. Yeah. I don't think that's something that would have happened with the '85 Bears, with the 2000 Ravens, no, maybe, maybe or with not. the 2003 uh, the the you know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I uh, I know we have to get to to update here, but. You were the second pick overall. Trey Lance was the third pick overall. I was drafted yeah. like two forty ones. I don't have this experience that you have. How much mental like pressure is there with that draft pick on Trey Lance to, to kind of return healthy and play up to what people expect him to be? I mean, I, I think there's always going to be pressure when you go high. 
and and there's always it's interesting because when you're a high draft pick not only is there pressure for you to play there's a pressure for you to be the best that's the difference if you if you go in a different round a later round they just want to see you be able to play like did one of our did, did our seventh round draft pick pan out is he on the field but if you're a number 1 overall pick for for a team they want you to be a a difference maker and and whatever it is that they've gotten to know of you like for me it was if i didn't make a an emphatic play it just seemed like i didn't have a good game yeah. like if i didn't dive over a line if i didn't hurdle somebody if i didn't do something that was outrageously out of the norm it just seemed like you know oh well he had he had nine tackles today you know, yeah. it's like, all right, you know, it, it wasn't it kind of you're you're measured and you're weighed on a different scale. And that's right. interesting because if Trey Lance plays like Brock Purdy last year, is that good enough? It might have not have been good enough based upon where he was drafted. Well, and that's the thing, right? So, like, you're people. It's a good it's a good point that, that LeVar is making here because the expectations on your career are often tied to where you're drafted absolutely Fair or unfair right and yep. so you know i was a i was a seventh round pick and i ended up playing eight years and it's like okay dang like seven round pick. first round pick playing eight years sometimes people are like ah you know you, you know win a super bowl you know it's, it's a lot different right and so with trey lance you have a player who's drafted third overall at quarterback like you're expected to win a championship fair or unfair that those are the expectations placed on you when you're drafted, and I do feel like a lot of times, um, you know, it's it's players they understand those expectations, but it's a little unfair. They don't choose where they're drafted, right? Um, and some players get overdrafted and they get drafted too high, and the expectations aren't really fit for their talent level. It's just part of sport, right? It's part of life. It is. Yeah. Um, and you know, players at times have a hard time kind of un- not understanding that, but but playing their career around those expectations. Yeah. Indeed, they do. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Ben, host of the Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. It would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is the Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of the Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to the Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield 
wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service, they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. And by the way, I was just at O'Reilly not that long ago, within the last month, and guess what? Needed some help with the alternator, had some questions with the batteries, they helped me right away, and did it right there in the parking lot. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jeff, DK Metcalf gave a list of his greatest receivers of all time. Yep. I'm not going to belabor the point. I'm just going to allow for him to give you um the you know his five or his 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 list. We have a sound bite of this and I'm just so excited to hear what you have to say about DK's list. So, let's take a listen and let's let's talk about it on the other side. Top five all time. Oh, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown's number one. Then I'm going to go Randy Moss. Uh-huh. I'm going to go Terrell Owens, Jerry Rice, uh-huh. Julio Jones. Okay. Did you want to hear it again? Or was that good enough for you? Um, I, I heard it. Um, okay, you heard it. All right. Yeah, I um, I think a, a lot of players, current players, um, don't respect at times the um, accomplishments of, of players that you know that they maybe watched as a kid or maybe didn't didn't really watch much as a kid right um to put jerry rice where he ranked jerry rice was it fourth i think it was yes it's kind of crazy <laughs> like like jerry rice that's is the best the receiver of all time i think boss is second yes that's the goat um but to me it's just it's a lack of either knowledge or respect of sort of elders, right? And again, Jerry Rice ain't that old. I mean, he was like, but but it's it's just that, you know, there's this, um, you know, play, younger players typically, you know, they they, 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 they they kind of revert back to what they know. Uh, and I just, like, I just kind of thought it was understood Jerry Rice was the best ever. Like, I don't think there was right. even a discussion to even have anymore. Right. Um, but to I me, think it just people kind of, have thrown Randy Moss into the, the the debate. Like, is it is it Jerry Rice or is it Randy? I Moss? I think Randy Moss is second. Yeah, I think Moss I, is first. I, see, my whole thing is, and you're right. That's that's where I fall on it. Like, it's 
It's interesting. I, I, you know, I, I'll go back to school, like just to put it on a smaller scale. I'll go back to school and and players don't know who I am. You know, a lot of times they don't know who I am. And it's like, but I'm on your wall. Yeah, I know, like, right? <laughs> I'm, like there's like, do you not like they put all of these things up so that you understand the legacy and the tradition that you're connected to. And then there's right. a few of us that are like all Americans and, and have won yeah. awards and your pictures are all on the wall and they're big. Like you got to walk down these hallways every single day. Like, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, do you not stop and look at the walls? Like, do you not see the guys that have done things that have allowed for you to be in a facility like this and enjoy the things that you're able to enjoy? Like, you don't take the time to stop and look and, and be like, oh, like, no, I wonder I, how they played or, you know, different things like that. It, it's For me, I feel like we've gotten so far away from athletes being fans of the game to athletes are like I think being fans of the game have been replaced with training and with social media and 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 I really believe that there has been very little time and very little space for development and education of of young athletes. So while I want to be mad at DK Metcalf especially because his dad played in the league um Jerry Rice is by far, far and away, the best wide receiver to ever play the game. Some would debate he's one of the greatest, if not the greatest football player. People throw Jim Brown in there. You know, they'll they'll throw Barry Sanders. They'll some throw Dion in there. Jerry Rice should always be in the conversation of greatest football player ever, not just greatest receiver. So, and then and then I, I found it to be kind of. Like, I don't know, like, A.B. is your number one receiver of all time. I know he had a great a great run in Pittsburgh, that, that run that he had. But to put Antonio Brown ahead of the list of guys that should be on that list um, is pretty that, – that, I don't know. I, I, think fun, I think fandom is flight, it's fleeing in terms of with new school players. Like, they don't know their history. Like, where's Tim Brown in all of this? Where's Lynn Swan in, in, in this conversation? Where, you know, like, we, Randy Moss should be number two on the list, but Terrell Owens, I mean, Terrell Owens and Randy are on the list. But I, I just think that when you look at the the setup of it, like you can go to if you really want to get deep with it, you could go into talking about talking about guys like Jimmy Smith or yeah. Andre Reed. Like where 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 are their names? You yeah. know what I mean when you're talking about top guys of all time. Art Monk. Where yeah. where are you know? But I, I I just I think it's a sign of the times. Just hearing what his top five was. Yeah, it's a sign of the it's a sign of the times. I I do think. It is hard for players who haven't watched players with their own eyes. I'm sure DK watched Jerry Rice to put players in there. You know, you mentioned um, you know some older players. You know, I, I I've watched enough of, of Jim Brown highlights to put him where he he, he belongs. But I understand sometimes when people want to rank you know best. Let's say you use offensive alignment, best offensive alignment of all time. I'm like guys, 
I, I kind of just stick with the ones I've watched, right? right. Like, it's hard for me to, to give. And there are plenty of offensive linemen who have had great careers in Hall of Fame that played in the 60s and 70s and maybe. But, like, I didn't get to see them play. So I understand if you didn't put players on this list, if you're DK or any player or anyone really ranking, um, you know, players uh, that you didn't put on someone who you might not have watched play. Mm-hmm. But there's no way that DK Metcalf did not watch Jerry Rice play. Jerry Rice retired in 2004. Now, he left San Francisco in 99. But even in 2001, he had uh, 1,100 yards in Oakland. He had 1,200 yards in 2002. So, in that's year 15 of his career. He's still getting 1,200 yards in a, not, in a league that was running the ball right. as much as they were. Um, and Oakland was very good that year. I think that was the year that they made the Super Bowl. Was that the year they made the Super Bowl? Um, but, uh, you know, they, they – um, you know, Rice was was playing when DK was alive, and so to put him on there um, without you know he had I mean the year I mean look at these numbers again this is not a passing league man he had eighteen hundred yards in ninety five fifteen hundred and ninety four fifteen hundred and ninety three fifteen hundred and nineteen ninety and nineteen eighty six like almost fifteen hundred nineteen eighty nine you know these are these are not numbers you put up in a non in a, he had one hundred fifteen yards a game in nineteen ninety five. Um, so, you know, again, passing league, right? I mean, excuse me, a, a, a running league back then, yeah. um, where quarterbacks were, you know, were, were, were throwing the ball 18 times a game. Um, so it's, uh, he was the best to do it. And again, I just think it's kind of a lack of, of maybe just awareness, awareness to, to, to history. Well, he does game. play for the Seahawks. Maybe he's just grudging that he played. You know, that's a 49ers player. Maybe, maybe that played a part in it. Uh, I, you know, I don't know, but I, I just like Randy Moss, probably the most freakish athlete to play the position. Like, so if you're saying just straight talent, like that's Randy Moss all day. But if you're talking about workhorses. And guys that get it done and have been consistent, you're you're now going into the realm of guys like Jerry Rice and Tim Brown and Terrell Owens. Like that's to me, those are the names that that should be popping out, you know, quickly. Agree. You know, but anyway, that's that's uh, yeah. That that was. I was his surprised. List. I was surprised Antonio Brown made his list. I mean, Antonio Brown was for the years that, that he was in Pittsburgh. He was incredible, man. I, he he was he was really good. Um, but uh, I mean, is he, he had, the greatest? Is he the greatest receiver uh, in in Steelers history? I have to do. I mean, Lynn Swan, right? I mean, you're looking at yeah, Swan. Swan's the first one that comes to mind to me. Okay, See, again, this is I think where the generational thing is really hard, right? Because you know, when you have a player that and don't forget Lynn about Swan Hines Ward, era, Hines Ward and, and Lynn Swan would be my picks. Like okay, so like Lynn Swan, he his highest year for receiving was eight hundred and eighty yards. Okay, but that was sixty one receptions. Like that that was that was the the era he played in. Antonio Brown was you know was getting one hundred twenty nine receptions, one hundred thirty six receptions, one hundred and one receptions. Like. If you you give Lynn Swan 101 receptions, he probably is getting near the numbers Antonio Brown is getting. So it's hard, I think, to to compare eras for that reason. You have, oh, you have to just compare that player to the era they played in, and whether or not they were you know the elite of the elite in that era. I think that's how you compare players across different different years of football. Yeah, I would I would I would find it hard to debate that AB 
might be the greatest in the history in terms of statistically his statistical run. But in terms of what they meant to the organization and, and greatest receiver of all time, I'm going to probably go with Heinz Ward as as the number one guy. Okay. I, but I don't know that you'd be wrong if you said A.B. I would certainly defer to a wide receiver who was very good at run blocking. So, um, huh. <laughs> like, Yes, he was. Heinz Ward, he got in that – he got in that – I mean, he played, what is it, uh, you know, the five – 10 I mean four, I think it's 14 years I have that correct in Pittsburgh um so you know uh he 13 years it looks like maybe 13 years um he was incredible he had he had over a thousand yards receiving in six of those years and two years he got super close to to, to, to doing that he, Antonio Brown has more awards as far as um you know what what I think what awards you know first team he might be like he might be the greatest greatest all time in Pittsburgh I mean that this Hard, it's hard to debate it. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to debate it. Well, Heinz Ward does have two Super Bowls. That he is does, true. Yes. He he does. Does. And a Super Bowl MVP, actually. Hmm. Hmm. Right. And he was a good run blocker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, I don't know. But but greatest of all time? I mean, that's that's... That's that's high praise from DK Metcalf or for AB. I just, mean, DK's just wrong. It's fine. I mean, it's it's okay. It's wrong. He, you're, you 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 can have a wrong opinion. It's okay. You can't have a wrong opinion because it is a, an opinion. I mean, it's right to him. No, it's wrong. It's okay. We we can just admit <laughs> that. It's fine. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.